Hi, I'm Kimmy Robertson. Hey, Ben, this is David Duchovny. Twin Peaks is over 30 years old. There's so much more to learn about Twin Peaks. I, we recommend you pick up our book, Twin Peaks Unwrap the Book, to find out even more about the show that you love. We have tons of great stuff. We have over 100 interviews. We have commentary from the community. We have us. We have some great photos that have never been seen by most folks. I think if you're a diehard Twin Peaks fan, you're going to absolutely love this book, and you will definitely learn something new. So pick it up at bluerosemag.com. Thank you for your interest and for your enthusiasm and, and keeping Twin Peaks alive. Welcome to this week's edition of Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Brian Kazaska. And beside me, as always, I am the arm, and I sound like this. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm Ben Durant. <laughs> that was a good impression. I've been, I've been waiting all year to say this. Wow, wow. Uh, well, after, you know, after watching this movie, I wanted to text you gobble, gobble. <laughs> it's, it'd be like, you know, like, it's like 1230 at night, and just be like, gobble, gobble. <laughs> I probably would know what you're talking about, too. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, the dialogue was very weird in this movie. But overall, I finally watched Fire Walk With Me. And uh, I, I presently, I'm pleasantly surprised because I liked it. Yeah. I, I really liked it. You didn't, did you know what you were getting into? No, like, I had yeah. no idea. I mean, I had a few things spoiled for me because of online. Mm. Because I thought David Bowie was going to be in season two. Right. And he wasn't. Then David Bowie was in this film, but he really wasn't because he was only a couple minutes. And it's not the scene I've seen, ah. which I'm sure will happen in the, the missing pieces, which we'll cover eventually. Right. Um, but so I didn't see that scene, but I saw David Bowie. Then on top of that, I've seen the scene where Bob's crawling out of the window, which I thought was going to happen in season two, did not. It happened in this movie. Hmm. So that was cool. Yeah. And then that took me back to the uh, Lord Palmer diary, which was cool. Um, but th those are the only two things that were spoiled for me. That's Beyond awesome. that, I had no clue I was getting myself into. The, I, I kept on trying to keep it from you, but I think eventually you realized it was a prequel and stuff. So... Yeah, you know why? Because I knew Dale Cooper was going to be in it. But you knew um, Laura was going to be in it too, right? Yes. I, okay, thing. you're right. You know what? More pictures. I've seen. I, I saw Laura, um, laying on the bed. It, um, I've seen a photo of that, and I've seen pictures of Laura. So I knew she's going to be in it. So I knew that was going to pre like it's going to be about her, or she's going to be in it somehow. Mm. So if she's dead, it's going to be a prequel. And I didn't know how Cooper would fit in, and I didn't know how David Bowie's going to fit in. Yeah. Um. Beyond that, I mean, internet, I've seen photos, but... Damn you, internet! <laughs> yeah, plot detail, plot detail, I, I knew nothing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all because of the internet, I blame the internet. Right. So I'll get into some uh, some uh, info about this, and then we'll get into uh, the, the movie. Yes. Yeah. So in May of 1992, it premiered at Cannes uh, Festival, or the... So this is before it's available you yep. know, to the U.S. The Big Cans Festival. Was it received well? 
It was booed. It was it was horrible. Really? They hated it. Now this is funny because it, it was it, Wild at Heart was like was praised in 1990 at Cannes. Mm-hmm. Like they loved it. I th- he got an award. I can't remember the name of the award. It's Palm something or other. But it, yeah. It, it, it was praised. So Lynch was like, uh, you know, he, he was like a god at the time. He was like, yeah, David Lynch is amazing. And then, yeah. you know, two years later, we they're booing him. And like, you know. Now yeah. here's, where's Cannes? In France, I believe. It's in France. Yeah. So here's my question. Um, is it because in France they didn't have Twin Peaks? They didn't care about Twin Peaks? They don't know I'm what... I'm pretty sure they had Twin Peaks. I'm pretty like, sure. I, I don't guess... know when it was, but I'm pretty sure that they did have it. And like I said, they loved Lynch. They lo- they loved him only but two that's years why before. I, that's that... why I wonder. If we have any French listeners, like, did Twin Peaks not come out around that time? Like, those people watching could not have not cared about Twin Peaks. Right. Like, they kind of saw this and said, honestly, if I never saw Twin Peaks and I saw this first, mm. like you said before, it does ruin the show for you. But there's no context. Right. Um, you don't know what the Black Lodge is at all. They don't mention anything. No. So out of context, if these people saw it, maybe they're like, this is garbage because we don't know what's going on. Yeah. Without Twin Peaks being the foundation, this movie can't stand. I don't think the movie can really stand by itself. Yeah. I also wonder if some people, they just want to hate it. I mean, like, you know, like yeah, yeah. for a year or, or more, to a year or so, uh, David Lynch was, you know, amazing. Like, you know, he had Twin Peaks and he had Wild at Heart and it seemed like everything was working out. Yeah, and then, yeah. you know, people, uh, the ratings went down for Twin Peaks. It was canceled. Maybe people were over it. They were tired of David Lynch. Maybe. I don't know. Or just tired of Twin Peaks. Right. And so they're kind of like, maybe they just want an excuse to hate it. <laughs> yeah. They just want haters to be hate. Yeah. Haters are like Taylor Swift said. <laughs> haters like, are hate. Yeah. Um, but maybe that, that right. could be told. That's totally possible. I guess we'll never know uh, why it got booed. That's a shame. Yeah, it's, it's too a bad. shame. Yeah. So in July third, nineteen ninety two, it was it premiered in France. I'm not going to go through every country, but I'm letting you in July third, nineteen ninety two, it premiered in France, and then August twenty eighth, uh, nineteen ninety two, it it was in the United States. It premiered in the U S. Wow, cool. And so it's funny because it's only like a year after Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks ended June 1991. So you think about it, it was only a little over a year. I mean, films don't usually do that. Even like you think of Star Trek, it's a few years after a TV show or so before they're going to make a film. So I kind of feel like maybe Lynch had this in his blood to still tell a story. Yeah, he wasn't done with it. Yeah, yeah, you you definitely could tell by watching this that like – it felt like they – it felt like you never left. Mm. You know, is. I wish I had that feeling. I, I had that feeling watching it, but I'm jealous of the feeling you probably had. I don't know how you felt when you watched it, but I guess I'm jealous of if you watched the show, you had to wait the anticipation for a year and that feeling of seeing all your favorite characters on the big screen. Yeah. And be like, yeah. Like, even if it was bad or good, right. just seeing them must have been really cool. Yeah. I'm jealous of that. I wish I, because I watched it in a part of me was like, this is so cool. Oh, yeah. Even though I know, like, right. I just watched it all in order. Part of me is like, this is so cool to see them. And it's in widescreen. Yeah. It's a film. Right. It's not four by three, so yes. it feels bigger. Mm, epic. Epic, yeah. Well, it seems like a segue to tell you about my experience. So yes, I want to know. I mentioned this on the Joel episode, but I'll mention it and give you more detail about it. That, Like, of course, I, I was always trying to find... I had Entertainment Weekly magazines, and I had... 
uh, TV Guide. I would get newspapers. I was always looking for more information about Twin Peaks. And then there was uh, Entertainment Tonight on TV. There was yes. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as they were getting closer to the film coming out, I would learn more about it. First, I learned Mark Frost was not writing – it was not working at all. He had no. He had basically nothing to do with Firewalk with me. And I was like, oh, that's. A, I'm a little concerned that like yeah. these guys are, especially like Mark Frost. Really, when you think about it, Mark Frost, did a lot of it for the a lot of the two seasons. He was involved producing it and writing scripts. And to have him, I think it would be just perfect to have Mark Frost and David Lynch. So yes. I was like, oh, I'm really a little worried about this. And then there was talk that Kyle MacLachlan was not going to be in the film at all. And it's like, what? Ooh. Not at all? I mean, like, I just, I mean, what kind of movie is this going to be? Yeah. And so I was concerned about that. It then eventually did come, David Lynch was able to convince him to do a part, to mm-hmm. do some of it. And then there was talk that it was going to be a prequel. And I was like, what? A prequel? Because like, you were left on the hook. I, yeah, I've been waiting a year to yeah, know yeah, what yeah. happened to Dale Cooper. And like, are you telling me we're not going to go further? We're not going to go and finding out what happened to yeah, yeah. Agent Cooper there? So I was a little concerned about that. So these are all... And then it was it was coming out in August. And usually, you know, movies coming out in August are usually like... They, they kind of like... Back then. Now, you put a movie out. It doesn't matter. It'll do well. But, it'll do well. But yeah. back then, it was kind of like that was a bad time yeah, of the year to yeah. put out a film. So I went in there... Uh, really concerned but you know i sat so it was the saturday so if it was the 28th it would have been the 29th august 29th that saturday i was 17 i didn't i didn't have my license still yet so i had to be driven to the theater and And you got in 17 i did nobody nobody id'd me wow (laughs) so i just got in and and the theater was not filled i mean it had some people there but Mm. they were definitely diehard fans i mean they were fans i knew that and the lights go down and you see this blue screen and there's just like that music, that jazzy music is like, oh, it was so incredible. And yeah, yeah. to me, it was like, like sometimes you just know if a film is going to be good or bad. Like I think, <laughs> think about Phantom Menace, that first scene, uh, I, like my gut just told me like, this is not going to be a good movie. Yeah, when he <laughs> unpassionately falls to the ground Ugh. and you're like, you're like. Oh, God, even the acting yeah, is bad as this one guy right. falling. Yeah, 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 yeah. But just seeing that blue light and the music is like you felt like you were in a dream. You felt like mm. this was an incredible thing. And then Kyle MacLachlan's title comes up. And the the everybody was cheering, like uh, the whole crowd in the That's theater. Cool. And there probably was like 20 people in the theater. <laughs> but but everybody was excited just when his name came yeah, up. So wow. it, was a, it was an amazing thing. There's definitely parts that of the film that kind of like is is hard, which I, I think when we had uh, Francine on, I said sometimes there's parts in David Lynch's films that make you scream and mm-hmm. that are hard to watch sometimes. So there's yeah, definitely yeah, parts yeah. of that. I mean, it's hard to think of a, a young woman being uh, sexually assaulted by her father yeah. and, and to see what she had to go through. But it was a brilliant film. It was like I loved all the, the mythology and all the stuff. And we should just get into it and talk more about yeah, this. But yeah, yeah. The only other thing I'll say is like, so <laughs> it was only in theaters for like six weeks. Wow. And, well, and probably back like, then, that's like a long time, right? Is it? I don't know. Now movies barely in a movie. Unless you're a superhero film, I feel like a movie's barely in the theater. Is it really? I don't know. I don't know how long they last. But I think, but after, after two weeks, it pretty much was... It was leaving theaters, so some theaters uh, kept it for six weeks. But I think it went to the two dollar theaters, <laughs> the bargain bin right. theaters. And so, the first weekend, it made one million eight hundred thirteen thousand. Uh, oh so it's it so it under two million, right? <laughs> yeah, under $2 yeah. Million. That's and I think a, flop. A, to- a domestic total gross was about four million total. Wow. Yeah. It in, in today's in today's world, if a movie did that much in one weekend, they probably would have pulled it. 
It would right. have been. I think Josie and the Pussycats yeah. might have made a little bit more than that. And they pulled, that thing was gone in one weekend. Yeah. So, yeah, so the times probably, are different. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but uh, so a lot of the theaters after two weeks were pulling it. And then it lasted maybe nationwide for, for six weeks yeah. or so. So, yeah, it's, I loved it. And I can't remember if I got to see it again. Or I might have seen it again. I mean, I definitely, I, I was really happy with it. But it was I too, can't wait to watch it again. Yeah. I want to watch it again because there's just so much. Um, uh, to the film, definitely. Totally. So what do we want to get into first? Well, I mean, do you want to talk about the opening scene that we have this we have this blue light, which turns out to be a TV set? Yeah, which is kind of like a metaphor from like you're going out of the TV into the theater. I mean, you could look at it that way. Um, and the music was really cool, like seeing uh, Cole. Being the like one of the first characters. You oh see, yeah, like, agent, Dick, right? Agent uh, but, David Lynch. But, but busting the TV, I thought was like a metaphor for like screw you, ABC. <laughs> yes, you canceled our show, yes. and now we're doing it our way. Right, and that's what I took that as. I totally take it that way, and I take it as like I'm like, David Lynch is kind of saying I'm done with TV. Mm-hmm. He, he, this wasn't his only thing. He did do on the air, and he did do a few other other TV Mulan shows. Mulan Drive, that was going to be a TV show. Yeah, so that was still good. That would have been uh, later on. Right? Later, yeah, later that would have been almost ten years later, eight years later or so. But at least at this time period, it, to me, it was almost saying I'm done with TV. I'm going back to films. I, yeah, and stuff. So, I yeah. like that, and I liked how we got to see Laura Palmer's body get thrown into the water. Well. It's, it's well, right, not thrown into the water. It's it's a coasting in the water. Right because, now it's Teresa Banks. So right now we're the first victim. Oh, this is victim. Teresa Banks. Yes, the first the first oh. victim. Oh. Yeah. So that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Because okay. Oh my brain. There's so much going <laughs> There's on. There's a lot going on. There's so yeah, Teresa Banks. In we we meet. Um, oh, I gotta bring up my. We'll I, edit this so it's all. No, good. we have to bring up. Uh, Chris Isaac plays. Uh, chest. Chester Desmond, which Desmond. first time I heard that, I went, "Oh my God, it's Dale Cooper backwards." That's Cooper back his initials. That is really awesome. And, I, and then I'm like, he looks like a Dale Cooper. Yeah, uh, Chris Isaac, um, he 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 has that Dale Cooper charm, but um, I felt like he was the opposite of Dale Cooper. Mm. Uh, Dale Cooper, we've seen numerous times going to sleep, waking up fully rested yes has his breakfast and coffee he's a man of rest will make you think better mm. but then we meet this new agent who his initials are reversed and is a night owl the guy's up all night right and the guy he's dragging along with him <laughs> is like Sa- sam stanley there. sam stanley and he's like it's three o'clock in the morning and he's just like well th- this is the best time to do work yeah, like yeah. it was just like an opposite uh, version of Dale right. Cooper. It was kind of cool. That's cool. And there's definitely a lot of play with that in, in Firewalk With Me, where it's like the opposite of Twin Peaks Double R Diner. It's the opposite of of, of the sheriff. It's, yeah. Uh, sheriff Cable is the opposite of, of Truman in, in so many ways. I mean... Yeah. Um, you, we, we are definitely seeing, like, the um, dualities play a part in this. Mm. Now, I want to talk about the most interesting part is when they are, they're going on the case, and there's this that weird woman with the dress, and she does that weird dance in the oh, very yes, beginning. Oh yes, Will. Will, yeah. And then as they're driving, 
Um, this is the, this is the blue rose uh, cases that uh, Cole has. Yeah, right? the the Cole, the blue yeah the, the Cole, Cole blue rose blue case. rose cases. Yeah, yeah. And this woman's like, and then as they're driving away, uh, Chris Isaac, his character is talking about the clues that she was giving out, mm-hmm. like, and then kind of quizzing uh, Sam. Yep. Um, what they mean, and I was like, at first, I'm like, is it going to be like weird, like? We have this weird clue thing, sort of like. All right, I think I might have put it together in my head right now. All as right, I'm saying it. Dale Cooper is very observant on everything, hmm. and even on his dreams, he can figure out what things mean. That woman, she just looked crazy to me. But is Cole? Are these are these agents like? Is that like a weird way of testing them? Like, even if this woman looked crazy and did a weird dance, there's all these things you're missing. Like, look the the, the Break, details, yes, the details. Yeah, right. You're missing the details, right. even if it's weird. And break the code, solve the crime. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the code, right? Like, if this woman was the code, how yep. would you solve the crime? Right. And you sometimes wonder if Cole is, the, you know, he talks really loudly. Maybe he felt like the only way he can work with his agents sometimes is to work in code and not communicate. And that's how. Now, here's the thing. So yeah, her name yeah. is Lil. She's She wears red. She dances in place, <laughs> basically. It's like the little man from another place. It's like. Yes. And it's like little man from another place. Cooper's dream had, had, had you had to kind of figure out the codes to break the crime, solve the crime. And now here we have Cole, basically. And he's kind of setting something up he's saying these are the codes and you gotta figure it out yeah i think in some ways it feels very much like that no i i I, that's what i thought i thought this is like sort of like this is just sort of like uh, an appetizer like you know we're seeing how smart uh chet is it chet yep chet chet is and he's quizzing sam and sam seems to be like an apprentice like he's just awkward <laughs> awkward like he's learning the ropes like i, yeah, I couldn't figure just, out is he, he just, in training uh i mean he just doesn't not he doesn't work well with people he doesn't uh i mean he's just awkward he's not he's not a people cooper was like a people person he yeah. loves people sam is just a little out there and doesn't quite get it. so here's the interesting thing in the pilot of twin peaks uh cooper is in the um hospital looking over laura and he says, uh, Diane, t- um, uh, get, basically have Albert take care of this. Don't go to Sam because, you know, I think Albert has more on the ball. So he mentions the name Sam. That's cool. And Sam was Keith or Suther- yeah, Sutherland. Yeah, right, right. So that's awesome. I love how David Lynch did these callbacks. Yeah. For diehard fans, you're going to uh, you're gonna notice them. And I thought these two characters, I thought this, the movie was going to be them. <laughs> and honestly, I really like them. And yeah. Now I can finally look at the uh, casting list of season three mm. because it would be cool to have these characters come back. Now, if I'm wrong, we can jump ahead a little bit with these characters. Do they say they disappear? Like they physically disappear or they disappear or they just they're not covering the case anymore? I can't quite remember. Sure. So there's a, when we when we go to Philadelphia and we have Cole and Albert and Cooper um, it, it turns out that they say that um, Chet has gone missing. So he's he's disappeared in the fact that he's he's no longer around. They can't okay. find him. That's what I Sam thought. Is, Sam is still around. Sam is probably the one that said, hey, I can't find... I can't find, find Chet. Chet. Yeah, and the thing is, is Cooper goes to investigate it, and Chet's car is still at the um at the, the trailer trailer place. park. The trailer park, yes. 
And I, I, I remember that part. See, it's weird because this movie felt like two movies because mm-hmm. once we hit that magical point where it's just Laura's story, yeah, that's that for me is the movie. Mm-hmm. This beginning stuff maybe confuses people if you never saw the show, but I liked it. But it does feel like a different – it feels like you're going in a different direction. Hmm. And then all of a sudden it just stops – and then we're go. We're, then it's like okay, we're focused. We're telling you a story now. Yeah, I felt a little bit. I mean, if I had a criticism of this first twenty minutes, half an hour, I don't yep. even know how I'll long. I'll say it's it is. a half hour. Yeah, half hour is you feel you get yourself attached to these two new um, agents. Yep, and they're likable, and you want to know the journey, and they stop. Yeah. And that I, I I can criticize that. I, I I can see why people could be upset because you're like. But I want to know more. And then yeah. why? It feels like disconjointed from that, the rest of the I film. I understand that. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. Back in the day, there were rumors that maybe they were going to be make more movies. They were going to be prequels. So maybe, I mean, first of all, you had all this extra footage that uh, <clears throat> David Lynch had had filmed. And you thought, oh, maybe he's going to make other films out of that. And then there was just, yeah, there's just thoughts. You could have brought these characters back again. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And I want to know if Chris Isaac's on that casting list. I haven't <laughs> looked yet, but I will. Yeah. It'd be, yeah. That'd be cool. Um but yeah, where do you think he? I mean, so so here's the thing. So we're t- since you brought up the whole he's gone missing thing, mm. do you, when Cooper goes to the trailer park, he's he's investigating it, and when he finds his car, do you notice that there's something writing on the car? Let's rock. Let's rock. Now That's the little man from another place says, "Yeah, no, here, let's. I guess let's go back a little bit. When we, when we, you know, we know." Yada, I mean, I don't want to yada, yada, yada. But, okay, we know those two agents, they find the girl, they put the hand, they find the letter, and I'm, like, in my head going, oh, this is, you know, the same killer who killed Laura. Mm-hmm. The, they're investigating. That's cool. Right. This is cool. And then all of a sudden, he disappears. He's, they're investigating, yada, yada, yada. And then when we see Cooper, I had, I, I'm like, what is going on? Cooper is running between the hallway into the surveillance room. Yeah, the hallway, the surveillance right. room, and it almost looks like he's chasing himself. Uh huh. And I had a flashback. I'm like, are we now in the future? Like, why is he chasing himself? Mm. Then, kind of s- like he did in the, in the last episode. Yes, he was chasing episode 29. Yeah, well, he's chasing himself in the uh, the Black Lodge. So then I see what he was doing. He was like. There was like a delay, almost mm-hmm. like. Right. And then when he ran in, you see David Bowie's character running. Mm-hmm. So, could they not see David Bowie's character? Is were they trying to capture him on film? I didn't understand that because they're like, we didn't see him. And then when he comes into the office. Well, I'll tell you what I think about. Yeah, what do you I'll think about, about that scene. scene? Well, first, the thing I think about the scene is so Cooper comes up to. Uh, so Gordon Cole, and he says, I want to tell you about my dream or something like that. At least that's how I interpret it. Is he's saying, like, okay, I, I told you about this dream. And to me, this might be like, the, this is my own interpretation, mm. that it's almost like the bottle rocket, rock, like from, I think it's episode two where he, ha- he he throws a rock at a bottle, his technique. Yeah. But yeah. he said he learned that from uh, a dream, that he did that. So I almost feel like he's he's telling uh, Gordon Cole, I had a dream, and now I'm going to try out my dream. Because maybe in my dream I had this thing where if I went back and forth, there was a delay in the camera. So he goes and does that, and okay. he keeps on doing it back and forth. And until finally there is a, a, enough of a delay where he still stays on camera. And he sees himself. And he sees himself. And then, right, then uh, Agent Jeffries, uh, David Bowie shows up. Yeah. But I always wonder, like, did he 
did he mess with time? There, I don't know. If, I think there's a lot in this film that talks about time. Like there's a lot of clocks. There's a lot of talk yeah, yeah, of it yeah. and stuff. So you do wonder, did he open up a portal to let Jeffries in? I don't, I mean. Yeah, where did Jeff? like why? Um, I mean, there was so much going on in this beginning part. Right. Like. And we're not going to talk about Judy. We're going to talk about Judy? That's what, that's what Jeffrey says. He's like, we're oh, not going to yeah. talk, talk about, about Judy. Judy. Yeah, you're right. And, and then, like, but we don't know who's Judy. We don't know who Judy is. There, Judy comes up there, and, and Judy comes up at the end of the movie where the monkey says, Judy. The monkey says Judy? Yes, at the very end of the movie. That's the last thing we hear is Judy. And then and then we see, I think, Laura Palmer on the water, yes. and that's how it ends. Okay, when we get there, I didn't know the monkey said Judy. Yes. Because... Like I thought, the audio wasn't that great. Yeah. Like on the uh, the Blu-ray mix, um, the audio is very low. And even that beginning scene, Gordon Cole sounds like he's not even mic'd. He's like hmm. yelling right off. Well, Coop, and, like everybody else is mic'd, <laughs> and you, you hear Gordon Cole, yeah. And like I'm like, oh. I noticed that too. Yeah. Like the audio wasn't that great, and the mixing maybe not. There has been great. some problems with Blu-ray. I don't know what's the. It could be the Blu-ray's fault there. So, and I didn't put. The closed captioning on, which I should have. I would have noticed the Judy thing. I I just saw the monkey. I didn't know he said because the music was playing. Yes, yes. And wow, okay. So there's that, a lot to talk. I mean, there's a lot to yeah, figure out. I, with that. But Jeffries. So then Jeffries. Jeffries is there in front of Albert and Cooper and Gordon Cole. Yeah. And he says, "Do you know who that is? Do you know who that is?" And he's yeah. pointing to Cooper. Yeah. I I mean I and I don't know other people is is he saying that that's Bob like is he is he from the future I mean like is he wait is David Bowie Bob no 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 is David Bowie thinking that Cooper is Bob like he's he's he he's really disturbed he's bothered by Cooper and he's saying do you know who that is do you know who that is and then oh. and, and and Gordon Cole is saying this is the long lost uh, agent Jeffries. He's been missing, missing just oh, like in the just Black like Lodge. May, yeah, and just like Chet is now missing, uh, Jeffries oh. was is now missing. So it seems like there's there there seems to be a pattern of missing agents. We have Chet, Jeffries, Cooper. Oh, Wyndham Merle. <laughs> Wyndham Merle lost. Well, right. he, he, right, he he was gone for he, he was he, missing for some period of time. I yeah, think, he was, too. and you went to the Looney Bin too. Yeah. Um, it. Interesting. Wow. So I, I didn't like. Yeah. Okay. It's all come. It's all putting. See, this is why I want to watch it again because it's like yeah. there is a lot to take in. In the beginning half, I almost forget about it because the the Laura story I get so mm. wrapped up in. Sure. Um, so let's go into that. You want to get into the Laura stuff? Yeah. I mean, so basically, that's it for that beginning half, right? I mean, Cooper. Oh, I want to talk about the one part though. After all that, it just was like. Twin Peaks, and you hear the music, and I'm yes. like, yes, we're yeah, home. We're home. We're home. <laughs> oh, and you, you mentioned it was probably 30 minutes or so, uh, the first part of Cooper and stuff. The funny thing is, in the pilot, the first 30 minutes is us learning about the town in the pilot of Twin Peaks. Yeah. And it's funny. Cooper doesn't show up till like 30 minutes into the into that pilot. And it's funny to go the other way with Firewalk With Me. It's 30 minutes of Agents and Cooper, and then we finally go into to Twin Peaks. Peaks. So it's, it's, again, it's kind of funny how they're that parallel. Yeah, and um, oh God, it was so it was so cool when they put that that up there and the music, and the music was a constant. I noticed mm. they let the soundtrack play yeah. a whole scene. And There's these, always music in the air. Always, always. <laughs> and the scenes went long. 
There were not the, I'm not, it's like, this is like the Twin Peaks that your parents warned you about. It was like the <laughs> R-rated, yes. the nudity, the oh, swear, and the drug use, the extensive scenes. Like, it yes. was, I, I feel like this is a foreshadowing of what we're going to see in Showtime yep. with better dialogue. You're right, right. I think, because Mark, Fro- uh, with Frost on there, I think the dialogue, the dialogue will be better. I I thought the dialogue was a little weird. Yeah, Lynch is always weird. I don't. I wasn't bothered yeah, by the yeah. dialogue. I think with for me with what Frost will bring will bring a little more structure. Yes, yeah. I think that's what he, I mean. I love Lynch's artsy style. I just yeah. It's, I think it sometimes needs structure, and I think, I mean, we should say too that I didn't. I didn't, I didn't mention this, but David Lynch and Bob Angles both co-wrote this script of Firewalk with Me. So Bob Angles, you know, was one of the main producers uh, with. Uh, with uh, Harley there for the second season, like they were the they pretty much were running a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the second season, so, yeah. I mean, that, it was cool, but it was so weird to hear like the gobble gobble scene yes. was funny. It, yeah, I mean, I'm not criticizing saying it was bad, but I think like um, story wise, it'd be more structure. So I guess that's yeah. where I'm going with that. And then, so yeah, let's go into the whole Laura Palmer thing. I was so blown away that we're going. To learn about Laura Palmer, and I'm glad you had me read the book because I feel like that book really gives you uh, an idea and it really brings to life that diary, brings mm. to life her world. And when you see this, I think it's like a, such an aha moment. You're yeah. like, yes. Now, I don't know, I don't know how much. Uh, Lynch actually used the diary. Like you feel like he must have. Like so, this is mm. his daughter Jennifer Lynch wrote the diary. Yeah, I do know that ripped uh, pages. Yeah, There's ripped pages in there. She brings it to Harold. Right, That's all so the, the diary. Yeah, it's all there. So yeah, yeah. they probably did. Um, Cheryl Lee, uh, actress who plays Laura Palmer, she read it and she really used that as a kind of a bible to help her with with the, with the performance. Yeah, of the film. Honestly, it's so great to see her play Laura Palmer. Yeah, she's and not living Maddie. and breathing, right? Yeah. Yes. And what a difference, huh? She's yes. definitely not the same person. I mean, and it it was cool to watch this and be like, I'm not mad. Like I I'm I'm like, were you were you mad when you saw this? Like, oh, I really wanted to know what was gonna happen to Dale, or we were like, yeah, that was kind of a good story. I was into I was into it. I mean, yeah. I, I I was happy that when I actually saw it, that yes, Kyle McLaughlin had a part in it, and. I, I, yeah, I was very pleased and stuff. I, yeah. I do. I still would like to have had like some resolution. What when we get to the end, there is a resolution. This okay. movie does to me. This movie does do a resolution. And if there never was any more Twin Peaks, I could say, well, okay, they David Lynch did in his own way uh, complete Twin Peaks. Yeah, in a roundabout way. Yeah. Um, like I love the story, and I love seeing the Bob character in there. And we get to see the little man with Bob and then some weird other little man with the pointy nose. Yeah. With like a like a white plaster. But then you see that same kind of mask. He might be called the jumping man. I the think jumping it, I man? think in the script he might be called the jumping man. Yeah. Um the the boy that was right. the old lady, he has the mask. Mm. And we get to see more of them with the cream corn. Yes. We get to see some really gross stuff, like the little man eating cream corn. <laughs> I was so like, oh, this is gross. Yeah. And then inside of a throat a couple times. Uh, Maybe the French didn't like that. Uh, um. So there were some moments that were just bizarre. Yeah. Um. But the Laura Palmer stuff, it was cool to... 
get into her life and um Donna we we get to see the relationship with Donna because that's something we missed upon on the mm, TV show. Right. I feel like they got to do something that probably that TV show couldn't ever do. Mm. I mean, it really sh- showed the seedy, dark side of her, which TV might not have been right. the best place for it. Um, but Donna is played by someone else, which I knew right away it was Donna because of her sweaters. Yes. Yes. I was like, it's Donna. And she says, hey, Donna. I'm like, who is this? This is not Donna. Um, but I thought she did a good job. Um, I kind of think that Donna is sort of like the opposite of Laura. She's an innocent high school girl. Yeah. Laura's the, you know, I don't give a shit. Uh, I'm going to do drugs. I'm going to do life. I, I have a hard time at home. So she's acting out in her personal life, you know. Totally. So it is the jumping man. Yeah, the guy with the red. And then there's another man there. That I think they they call him uh, the woodsman. And some people theorize that it could be uh, the it log, could log lady's husband. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and what does he say, Gorbanzo? Yes. I see. Is that that's something new? It is something new. And I was looking. <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit this out. There, somewhere they describe what the corn is. I, I want to say it's the pain and sorrow, but I'm trying to remember what it's. Oh, the cream corn. Yes, they finally say what the cream corn is. Oh, uh, well, I mean, at one point he does say, "Give me your pain and sorrow." Yeah, and he shoots the blood out of uh, Laura, or no, who who shoots the blood out of their hand? Was it Laura? Oh, Bob in Bob. the Black Lodge. Yes, but. but yeah, so maybe that's where it is, but it, it'll say, give me all your pain and sorrow. Yes. And then it says, gar, gar, zar, mar, zo, Garbon, garbon, which garbonzo. already we've learned that the corn, cream corn is gar, garbanzo. So it's pain and sorrow. Oh, because he shoots the blood. And I thought, I didn't know. Yeah. Interesting. Know. <laughs> interesting. Um, they talk about, fe- the, the little boy talks about fellow victim. I don't know. I always... I always thought the little boy was the victim, but he's pointing to Bob, I guess. I don't know. I mean, that's a... Well, maybe he's saying fall the victim like Bob is takes the victims. Yeah. He he right. is a victim getter, right? Yep. Yeah. And, I mean, this movie shows us that what we've known, Leland, Bob had Leland, and Bob had Laura. Right. I mean, we do see a part where she's looking in a mirror, and we see Bob. Mm. And, uh, and that explains why, in the, in the final episode, that Laura is trapped in there. She's dead, but there's a version of Laura still there, just like there's a version of Leland in there. Right. So if these people disappear, the um, doppelganger gets out. If they die, they're trapped there. Maybe. Forever. Maybe. And we learned something really cool. Um, that maybe the uh, what's your theory about the Black Lodge? Because we get to see sort of like a prequel where Annie shows up in Laura's bed. Mm-hmm. Do we want to go into? We can go into that. Yeah, we're going. Up. Yeah, we're going to go everywhere. We're but Annie, everywhere. but Annie is in Laura's bed and warns Laura. Um, you know about the well. She says that Dale Cooper is in the Black Lodge and can't get out. Can't get out, and then disappears. Right in your diary. Yeah, yeah, right in your diary, and disappears, and we get to see Dale Cooper in in there, and it's like I feel like the lodge has no time, mm-hmm. so they can they can do whatever they want, and like 
telling Laura, that would explain it that when Dale has his dream, mm. Laura's in it. Right. Saying almost a warning to him. Right. Yeah. So it's sort of like a full circle right. of warnings. Right? What do you think? Yeah. yeah I mean, I think I mean, they're all helping, trying to help each other out, maybe. Yeah. It's interesting, too. You know, Agent Jeffries also mentions that, like, we live inside a dream. It, we don't know what that means. It's like, mm. is Twin Peaks, you know, we talk about snow globes. <laughs> is Twin Peaks all a dream? I don't know. But he, he mentions about we live inside a dream. Yeah. We, we, yeah. Well, she was sleeping, too. And he, he she did show up next to him. Yeah. You know? Um... Well, I also want to mention that so that that, that meeting that that was going on with the with Bob and Little Man from another place, they're above the convenience store. So that's the convenience store. I mean, like in the yeah, series, I was going to ask you why were they above the not in the red room? I don't know, but I mean, at one point, Mike and Bob killed together, uh, and uh, and they said that they had lived above a convenience store. And so I don't understand why they're in that room and why it's separate from the Black Lodge. I don't really understand. Or the, or the Red Room. the curtain did kind of overlap. Yeah. It seems to be another it, room or something. Well, here's a theory. I mean, what if Bob and Mike created this Black Lodge? Because Bob, I mean, uh, Mike, I mean, Bob and Mike play a big role, especially in this movie. Mike, we get to see Mike. Yeah. And he's like... He has it out for Leland. He's right. yelling at him, and it really throws Leland off his game, yeah. like his train of thought, and because he he wants Bob. Right. So I wonder if the Black Lodge above the convenience store that became the Black Lodge because of this evil they let out. Maybe because Bob know. was a real person at one point. I guess. I don't. Know. I mean, I don't know. We talk about uh, Robertson and and that, that that he lived next to Leland, but I, we don't have enough. We don't have enough information. It's to a understand. mystery. It's a mystery. I yeah. mean, it could just be another person that Bob possessed. I don't. It's so hard to know. Yeah. For sure. Right. It really is. And yeah. Because 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 the way Mike talks about Bob was like almost like a real person. Yeah, or I don't know. I, sometimes I thought they were demons. It's so hard to tell what they For are. For all we know, he he could be the only one who could see Bob like right. that, like a person, and like maybe he's been trying. He is like the headhunter. He's like I need. He's like a bounty hunter looking for Bob. And yeah, he's not very successful. But. And this <laughs> this might be the only flaw I feel in Firewalk with me is that in the series Mike didn't know who Bob was. Like he's going around and like they have Mike in the Great Northern and he's meeting people and he's like, nope, that's not him. And then he, uh -huh. at some point he falls over and po seems to be pointing at Ben Horn. Yeah. But here in Firewalk with me, he clearly knows. Bob is Leland, or Leland is Bob. I mean, like you're right. I mean that does, but the in, only yeah in the TV show. I mean, the mystery is who killed Laura. I know. What I want to believe, I try to get around this. The only way I can think is that he was by the end of this, Mike was just weakened and he he started forgetting things, or he just oh. But you know what? I guess the logic would be this. He has that insulin or something that calms him down. Yeah. Remember, because he, he needs his he needs to shoot up insulin or whatever drugs to right. quiet it down. Maybe he when he quiets it down, he doesn't know, right? He doesn't get crazy. Well, I mean, the like idea he, the idea is to keep to keep the spirit of Mike at bay. Philip Gerard is a person, and he that's true. He's trying he's trying to keep himself. So only Mike knows, not Philip Gerard. Right. So, but at the same time, I think they're both. I feel like they're both Mike. I mean, it's like a split personality. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, split personality sort of deal. So I, I go with that theory, Ben. 
Okay. I, I go with that because it would throw the continuity out the window a little bit. Right. But. Um, so Mrs. Tremond, who in uh, in this movie seems to be the shell shell fonts. She's the old lady, yes, uh, and she has the little boy there. But they're they're different names, but they clearly seem to be the same person from the TV series that yeah. uh, uh, Laura on the Meals and Wheels would co- go to to. Uh, and she they show up and they give Laura a painting, a painting of a right. door, right? Which is creepy. Yes, she puts the painting up, and then when she, I think it might be after the Annie scene, she gets up and she goes out the door and she looks and she's going in. Yeah, it's crazy. It was creepy. It was so creepy. But what, was that the doorway into her madness? Into the Black Lodge? Right. Into, into like, into anything? Into the convenience store? Right, something, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. She, yeah, totally. I mean, what did you get out of that? It's so <laughs> hard. Sure. It's, it's really a tough hard. one. It's, it's a really a tough, tough one. one. I mean, I, the biggest thing I'm trying theories. to figure out is, like, is... Is the little boy and Shel- and Mrs. Shelfont trying to help Laura, or are they working for Bob? And it's that's because she's they they're there mm. at the above the convenience store. So it's kind of like I used to think that they might, they're part of the White Lodge. They were on the good side, but it's so hard to tell what I, I th- what they're trying to do. I, I think I think they're helping Bob get to her. Yeah, because by the end of the movie, Bob is in her. I mean, he's he's getting there, right? He's she's, getting there. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's letting her in because she she's losing hope, right? Uh, and I think that represents the other painting. It's weird they touch upon this painting with a door briefly. You see that, and then all of a sudden that painting's gone, mm-hmm. and then we see a painting, angels of an angel with yeah. people having like a tea party, and the angel disappears. And I mm-hmm. thought that was Laura losing her innocence, and then to def- then. At the very end, we're going to skip all the way at the end, where um, the other uh, girl, Vernette, Vernette is spared, mm-hmm. and the angel shows up, and I feel like that was allowing Renette to be spared, and Laura's dead. Like, yeah. Laura's dead, because she lost all hope. Renette, Renette maybe at one point isn't as... A recluse as Laura, and, and she's probably not going through what Laura's going through. No, um, so she's spared. But I kind of, I kind of feel like that duality of you know she is spared and Laura's not spared, and then um, it seems like a good time to talk about the ring, owl ring. What, what do you make of all this? Yes. Cooper Cooper says, "Don't take the ring." Don't take the ring. Um, she ends up. I think when she sees. Uh, Annie, all of a sudden the ring is in her hand. Mm-hmm. Um, the ring is on is on Teresa Banks' hand. At one point, they, uh, I think it was on it was on Mike's hand when uh, he's when he's going after Leland. Yes. What do you think the ring symbolizes? Did or? we see the ring in the show? No, we we, we we see the owl symbol like the owl cave, but we've never. This is the first time the ring the has ring. come up. But and Cooper's saying don't. Cooper's saying don't uh, don't take the ring, and in the end, the end of the movie, Laura does take the ring, and then you know her father Bob is saying don't make me do this, and it's basically seemed to be say the ring I don't represents death. Yeah, maybe because that's the owls. I mean, um, that's the owl symbol, and the spirits can go in the owl. I don't. I mean, it's the ring. I don't know really. Yeah. I mean, it could represent death because it seems to be a trend. With the ring, <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah, right. Or it's evil, a, or it, but it, but at the same time, so it's like 
the question is, did Laura make the right choice? Like, it seems to me that when she put on the ring, her, her it was sealed that she was going to have to be killed. And, and mm-hmm. but Renette was able to be spared. Yeah. Whether it was Renette's praying or yeah. whether Laura helped lost her. Lost all faith. Yeah. Right. Or lost all hope. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess I didn't think too much about the ring. It was interesting to see. I, yeah. I, I kind of go with what you're saying about the ring. I don't know beyond the owl symbol and the owl we know is a spirit sort of thing. Yeah. And we know Laura kind of gave up on life near the end. So, yeah. And if Cooper is warning her, don't take the ring, you know. Right. Yeah, I really didn't think much about the ring, to be honest. I mean, like I said, I got to watch it again. But I I, I didn't take too much stock into the ring. But I guess, yeah, it's kind of like it means a bad, it's like a bad omen, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, Leland Palmer, is he guilty of these actions that have happened to his daughter, or is this all Bob? Okay, we can go into this now, because we talked about this a long time ago. Yes. When the killer were revealed episode. Right, and I always said, I always thought it was it was a tough one to really figure out. Like, is it the evil that men do, or is it there really a demon Bob who is doing this? Or is it a combination of both? I guess that's the easy way out, right? Say that. Well, okay, we can really unpack Leland now. Like, I think. I don't know. I mean, Leland... Is not father of the year, definitely. No, but okay, we were talking, you know, before, but like, I kind of like Leland and Sarah Palmer, which tends to never go outside. Mm. Um, you got the perfect house, this beautiful house, picket yes. fence. Uh, this the fifties kind of like we're cool, like we're a good family. Yeah, but inside there's trouble. Right, Laura's being abused. Sarah is ignoring it. In blatantly ignoring him mm. because there's a dinner scene where he's like, did you wash your hands? Mm. And, and she sticks up for her briefly, like, Leland, not now. And, you know, she's giving him a little a little sass. Yeah. But backs off. Like, she doesn't really, like, fight him about it. It just yells. And he's just like, she didn't wash her fingers. There's dirt. <laughs> ah. And she storms off. And I'm like, Sarah Palmer has a yeah. horrible mom. Like, Aww. but... Will I give Sarah Palmer a pass because maybe she's been doped and drugged up? Yeah, he does. And so in this movie, he does give a glass of milk to Sarah Palmer. And I feel like that's his way of like, uh, you're going to sleep well now and I'm going to turn the fan on and you'll sleep through the night. Yes, the fan now. Is the fan to like disguise the noise i think so to disguise or stir up whatever's in the air or yeah i thought like was it to like mask the noise of anything i think so and it's funny because you know we had that whole symbol in in the in the series how you just saw the close-up of the fan but this is a whole new meaning in this film that i feel like i feel like when the fan turns on i bet there's a trigger in laura palmer that she might know hey something's probably going to happen and and right it probably masks the noise of whatever is happening to her yeah uh, and 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 maybe that fan became like, uh, yeah, it became that trigger. It's like, oh, no, um, I need to go to my happy place because something bad's going to happen. And we're going to like, so Sarah, yeah, we see Sarah get drugged with the milk. So mm-hmm. now I know she wasn't pushing this stuff. <laughs> she 
you were gonna punch in the stomach. I love to, that. To go back to the original, I thought she was punched in the stomach. Because she's like, oh, my stomach. Oh. And also. Lisa, why'd you punch me in the stomach? <laughs> so, this is gonna be very long winded. And I mentioned this to you this afternoon, but it's worth talking about. The white horse, which I didn't get during the show, I finally got. I mean, what I think I get anyway. Um, the white horse represents, in my opinion, Sarah being drugged, I think. Um, Sarah being drugged in the show, we saw the white horse. Mm-hmm. And then we see the white horse now. And that's when Sarah gets drugged. And when I looked up white horse and drugs from another show, mm-hmm. um, I thought, I thought th- this other show I was watching was referencing Twin Peaks. But come to find out. The White Horse rep- is from a, uh, a song um, called uh, called Laid Back, and there are uh, drug references. Hmm. And there's, like, uh, the White Horse, and the White Horse is, like, either heroin or cocaine. Hmm. So then, to me, that makes all sense. Okay. I mean, how, that's how I see it. What do you, how do you see the White Horse? I always see the White Horse as death. The pale White Horse uh, in the Revelations talks about death. Mm. And so, I mean, we see the we see the white horse when in the in the when Maddie gets killed, yep. and I think we see the white horse again. I think it's the night of Laura Palmer going to be killed or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So I I always re- yeah you see it, as, see it as death. It's just a symbol for death, but yeah. But so, I can see I can see hallucinations and or, uh, yeah, whatever druggies. the druggy or yeah. whatever. Um, so I mean. I think that white horse theories, there's so many. I mean, we could go on. Um, now to go back to what we were talking about. Leland, yeah, it's so hard to say if Leland was, you know, we did see him cry. We did see him cry. Yeah. And I feel like that's him. I feel like that's his own humanity coming out. Like, in the show, we make fun of him crying so much. Mm-hmm. But is that because he was repressing everything and he's letting it all out because he's himself? Yeah. And then when he's that, like, straight-laced and uh, I'm Leland, is that Bob? And then the crying comes out because it's the um, this emotion of, like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, uh, maybe he, he knows what he's doing, but he can't control it because Bob is controlling him. Because the little man just says, I'm your arm. Right? Yes. So, do you want, what do you want to bring up? Well, hold on to the arm thing and we'll go there in one second. Okay. So I agree. It's like that whole that whole thing of washing your hands. He, he gets triggered and upset when he sees the necklace. That's when he suddenly does that. And you do wonder, is like, is that Bob all, all of a sudden coming out and attacking? And then when Any he, sexual thing, he was like a trigger. Was yeah. Like, uh, are you having sexual relations? And right. then he envisioned Laura with this other girl. Like in bed, and that made him outraged too. Well, no, uh, <laughs> I'll go there too. Okay. But yeah, it's definitely, and then he go the whole thing where he goes to say, "I'm so sorry, Laura." Is like, is that Leland Palmer? Yeah, but, I want to believe so. Yeah, the only so my problem is where you're going with that whole on the bed thing. That really happened. That he, he was, he was. He was hanging out with Teresa Banks, and I think he was paying her for sex. Yes. And so then she was like, hey, I've got some friends. You can join us. Oh, okay. And he looks and realizes it's his daughter. And and then and that's, that's where, okay, that's okay. Where, so, I mean, he was. I think he was flashing back. He, this is when he was uh, 
uh, when Mike was chasing him, he pulls over and he and he and he's yeah, flashing yeah, yeah, yeah. back and he's really See, I thought he was imagining. Okay, so that no, makes sense. So he's more okay. real. He's he's thinking back to a time where he realized his daughter almost found out that he was you know uh, part of all this sex part stuff. Of sex stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then so. But then Teresa Banks is blackmailing him. It's like she calls up and says, like, hey, I know, basically, I know who your daughter is. Yeah, yeah. And it seems to me that Leland killed Teresa Banks because he didn't want her to say anything. Yeah. So in that way, that's a very human a human thing to do, not a – so that's where you sometimes wonder, is this Leland – was it always Leland who was doing these bad things or is there Bob in him that are doing this? It's um, You know, I feel like maybe Leland, like Laura – Leland, I feel like Laura's following in his footsteps. Mm-hmm. I think Bob is in him, and he has these moments of him, of him Leland. But I don't, I, 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 I want to believe that it's Bob doing all this stuff. And Leland is trapped in there. The doppelganger is trapped yeah. in the White Lodge. You know, like Dale Cooper, I guess can we say if Dale Cooper is going to be killing, is that Dale Cooper or Bob? Right, and we're we're all gonna be like, well, that's Bob. So I yes. guess on if if I'm gonna say that, I have to say that is Leland's doppelganger. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's I, don't, I, I can't I, tell you if if one equals two, one and one yeah, equals two. Yeah. They're both. I, I mean, yeah. I guess I'm just gonna have to go in that direction for now. Yeah. That would be my theory. And I think I had, um, um, so. There's a quote from David Lynch that kind of goes with this movie about um, – because you're flipping through the movie with Donna and um, Laura. And I want to talk – when they go to the club together and Donna's seeing the side of Laura she never knew with the two guys. Right. And I kind of feel like Donna represents the innocence that Laura would want to be, but she's not. Mm. Laura – People die, she laughs, she does drugs, whatever. And Donna's seeing this world where, like, it's like, what the hell are we? We're in a club. Mm. It's like everyone's getting naked and doing drugs. We're two strange guys. Gerard, the the big guy, Gerard. Jacques. Jacques. uh, He's there. He's a creepy guy. Like, I can tell why Jacques wants to be in the new season because he just wants to do creepy things. And they're all (laughs) doing creepy things. And Donna gets the taste when Lord, when her jacket falls, the, uh, when she's making out with the guy, he takes off her jacket and she puts it on and then she starts to become Laura. Mm. And she's and then Laura sees that and she just freaks out, like, get away from her. Yeah. And I kind of feel like she's protecting Donna. Definitely. I, I kind of see, like... Okay, you're trying to protect your friend for being innocent. Then why would you bring her there? Right. Seems kind of silly. Yeah. But it represents, I think visually it tells that story well. And there was a quote from David Lynch, and I happened to see it today. After ah, seeing, okay, good timing. So, yeah, so once you're exposed to fearful things, you begin to worry that the peaceful, happy life could vanish or be threatened. And I kind of feel like that quote hmm. represents this movie to the T. Like, you have Leland, who, who, if Laura finds out about his, he has to get rid of that person. And that's his his place that could be threatened. And he's kind of gone down the, um, 
you know, fearful. He was fearful of his mm. life. And then you have Laura, who I think the quote kind of works with Laura because she's she's lost the happy, like everything's threatened and um, horrible. And I think uh, Donna could represent the peaceful stuff. And that was threatened. Like that other side of her is threatened and she freaked, she freaked out and mm. wanted to preserve that. Yeah. You know? Because Laura, I, she does care. About, I, I mean, I think we see it in the diary. I mean, there's a part of her that loves the people that are around her, and then a part more of her, than herself, more than herself. Yeah. And at the same time, she's self-destructive, and sometimes there's times she just doesn't care, and so yeah. she wants she wants to protect Donna, but there's other times where she's like, "Well, everybody can go to hell. <laughs> yeah. Like, everybody, we can just all be damned together." Yeah, so, yeah, but I feel like Donna is that one person that link. I think Donna represents that good in Laura. Right. Like she want. Right. She, like, and. And I think, yeah, Laura, maybe, maybe almost Laura's like, all this bad stuff can happen to me, but maybe she doesn't want bad stuff to happen to other people. Right. And she, so she says the next day, I don't want you ever touching my stuff again. Yeah. The irony of that is, of course, in, in the, and I think this, <laughs> we'll say the second season of Twin Peaks, Dawn decides to get uh, Laura's glasses and she puts them on and all of a uh-huh. sudden she starts smoking and it's like the bad girl for Donna. I mean, Donna's still kind of, uh, she's really not that bad of a girl, yeah. but that's her version she smokes. of, yeah. yeah. She's like trying to be Laura. She kisses James to the bars. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 and we get to see James again. Yes. Oh boy, that was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> he was as exciting as I thought he would be. Not that exciting. Not that exciting. But uh, James was like, I wish I got more Shelly. It was cool to see Shelly. Um, and uh, Leo being a total bastard to yeah. her. Hitting her this in is the our head. house. This is our house. <laughs> you need to clean these floors. I have Leo. <laughs> Exactly. He had more lines in that movie. <laughs> like, everything else is like the new shoes. Don't you know where we live? Yeah, yeah. we live in nothing. <laughs> oh. We're still building the house. Uh, um, that was kind of cool to see that. Yeah. I mean, I felt bad. I'm like, oh, more Shelly. No. No. Um, Maybe the deleted scenes. We'll get there and see. I'm excited she, to see the deleted scenes. You mentioned the arm. What do you want to talk about the arm? I am the arm. Well, if... It's an arm is an extension of yourself. Uh, maybe they're an extension of whose arm is it? Whoever's possessed, Leland or Loras, whoever Bob is in. I, I think I think I'm the arm could be an extension of. Oh, well, now you show me. <laughs> I show him now. So uh, is Mike. Mike. Mike cut off his arm because it was it was evil. It was the, evil. Right. So. I mean, so we have we're looking at uh, near the end where a little man from another place is holding on to uh, Mike, like he's his arm, like he's his arm, right? It's an extension of him, right? So, w- was Mike able to get that evil centered in one area and cut it off? I mean, that's what he says. I don't know. I mean, he seems like he's definitely a better person or spirit than he was. Yeah. So, yeah. were other people? Like maybe he 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 because of his split personalities, he can somehow um, he figured it out the secret to get rid of. I don't know. I mean, it just gonna, is it's, Dale Cooper got to cut off his arm in season three to get rid of the doppelganger. I don't know. You know that whole arm thing makes me think of like like the Bible and like if if you if you see bad things or you're doing you 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 take your eye off or like you know what I mean like mm-hmm. if you if you you know like. 
Yeah, it was a way of getting rid of like. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another. If you, if you hear s- bad things, cut off your ear or something. Hear like no that. evil, see, see no, no evil, evil right. speak no speak evil. Speak no evil. But in this sense, maybe the, the, his actions were with his arm that he he killed with Bob. They were doing killings together, yes. cutting off his arm. He no longer killed. So Bob was an extension of him in his arm. Got rid of the arm, and he felt like that got rid of Bob. And now or the Bob evil is that out. He did. Yes, is is gone, and now he's trying to rein in Bob. Right. Because he, he feels like maybe he's the only one that can capture Bob and put him back where he belongs. Because he's or running stop amok. Him somehow, yeah. He's running amok. I mean, he's right. been in Laura and uh, Leland, Leland and, and now and Dale. Knows, right. He, and uh, who knows what else? So that's the blood part. Yeah. He, he's taking he's taking out, I think, his pain and sorrow from Leland and putting it into the floor. Into of the, the floor, into yeah. the Black Lodge. And, and then my, the next shot we see is the uh, little the, man eating the cream corn. corn. But I think the cream corn is pain and sorrow. Do you think he's eating it backwards? Like, yes, do you think for he's, sure. He's spitting it back yes, up. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Up, oh. Judy. Yes, the monkey part. So let's talk about the monkey. <laughs> we see the monkey once before in the beginning. Yeah, we see the monkey with the boy, and he takes off the mask, and all of a sudden it's a monkey and stuff. Mm. I didn't know the monkey says Judy at the end. Yes. So a couple of things. <laughs> First, 17-year-old version of me was in denial of this whole monkey thing. I, it was in such a denial that I, I had to believe that it was an owl, because I was like, what? What does this monkey have to do with Firewalk with me? An so owl would make more sense. So in in one of the issues of Wrapped in Plastic, <laughs> I wrote to them, and I'm like, this, this, is monkey. Not, this monkey? This is not a monkey. This is an owl, which is <laughs> so Ben, were you in denial? I You're was, so in denial. denial. It's like, it just didn't make any sense. Like, my brain could not process <laughs> a monkey, so I, I had pretended it was an owl, yes. But, uh... So, so what they say? Were they right back? They they published it. They put it in one of the issues. They I, I don't think they responded to it, which I wouldn't have responded to it either. Wow! I, I can't even believe this crazy person. They even printed my uh, my article. It was my, a slow uh, news week, so they had they had to put your letter in there. <laughs> so first of all, I think this is this is another time where uh, Lynch is talking about Wizard of Oz in the sense. Judy, Judy mm. Garland, he loves the monkeys from Wizard of Oz. Oh, and I didn't still, make the connection. He still, he, he plays with that in a bunch of his work. like The colors? The colors, maybe, yeah. You blue. got blues and reds. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, I mean, I think we should look at this whole Judy thing some more. There is no definitive answer of who Judy is. In There was talk... There's talk in the scripts or from Bob Angles that Judy could be... The sister of Josie, which is like a huge stretch, and I don't want to believe that. Like, it just seems, I don't like that. And answer. we didn't get Josie in this movie. Not in the movie. She, they, there's some, there's some oh footage. Oh boy, <laughs> I'm excited for more Josie action. Here's what I want. I can't remember who. It's probably the wrapped in plastic people that said this, but I would like Judy to be Laura Palmer. I think that would be cool. I would think it'd be awesome if, mm. if, if that's like a secret. Name oh, for Laura Palmer would because be because it's like Wizard of Oz. She goes into um, another place, another place, right? Yeah. I'd like to believe that maybe Agent Jeffries met up with Laura Palmer and he said, "Hey, we're not going to talk about her, and we're not going to, but you know that he's, you know, he's been he's been to the Red Room." I, I want to, and I feel like the Red Room exists as is at all times. In my mind, I feel like what happens that's the way it is. So if that agent went in there. Laura Palmer was there, and maybe 
he knows what's going to happen. Yeah. He 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 knows Laura Palmer is going to be there. We need to he, why, you know, right. uh, what, what's going to happen to her? Uh, can we stop it? Yeah. Uh, can we figure out who did it? And this is where I think in some ways David Lynch was able to complete Twin Peaks. And okay, sense, yeah, yeah. Like, here's how it, so the movie, at the movie movie ends, Laura Palmer dies and is thrown, right, thrown in the water by Leland. Yeah. And then we see her in the red room and Cooper puts his arm around her and all of a sudden the angels do come. And yes. this makes yeah. me wonder if it's the waiting room because she's waiting and all of a sudden the angel comes and it seems like she's going to go to heaven and happily ever after. And she is happy and things are good. But- the fact that Cooper's there, it's almost like Cooper had to Cooper had to be possessed or had to be brought to the Black Lodge to then be there for Laura when she needed him most. You know what I mean? Like I know mm. it's always, it hurts your brain a little bit, but in the well, sense that you, he's in the sense that he figured out the murder. No, what I'm saying is he's he's in the Black Lodge right now. The only way he could be in the Black Lodge or the Red Room is because he he did enter. Yeah, but what I'm saying is yeah. the reason he's in there because he he had the demon too, but he her killer was put to bed. Like they got her killer, hmm. and, and that's interesting. And she yeah. like uh, maybe you know how they say like restless spirits. Right. They never caught the killer. Right. The spirit is I restless. Like that. So right. maybe Laura Cooper's her hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, he cared about. I like her. that a lot. But I never maybe, thought about that. Yeah, maybe Cooper. Right. Like, Nobody cared about like they do make a, a thing that like I, I think she says or alludes to that nobody cares about her except for using her mm, like they yeah. don't care about using her for sex or drugs yeah, so but sad. nobody cares like Donna right cared about her but nobody care males anyway because her mm. own father abused right. her nobody a male figure never cared about her for her hmm. and now you have Dale Cooper who's never met her. Comes into town, figures out who killed her, and then for the, I don't know if sacrifices is the right word, but he gets trapped in there as well. Yeah, he sacrificed himself for Annie. Like he he That's went true. in there. For, yeah, so he for went Annie, there for, for love. love. Yeah. yeah, but if this is almost like an after, because if Cooper's in there, this is the after the Twin Peaks. What you're saying is. She can rest in peace now because mm. he is the hero. I mean, out of like just love of his job and love of people. Yeah. Right? And yeah. she can peacefully um, move right. on. Yeah. And you're right. He does say it's the waiting room. Right. So I mean, that's a little man from another place says it's the waiting room. Are they waiting to go to the Black Lodge or the White Lodge? Right. And at the same time, is this all with the zigzags? Are we in both? Are we in the White Lodge and the Black Lodge? Yeah, right. Because the black would represent the black and the white. Yeah, totally. so it could be we're in the waiting room, but we're also in, we're in another section of yeah. And it could be which direction do you want to go in? Yeah, it's all up to you. Maybe, maybe you decide where you want to go. Maybe who knows? And but, maybe, but maybe yeah. But okay, it's exciting. So that, I mean, that, I'm thinking that like in a way. Cooper and Laura met at the same time in the same place. Mm. You know, even though even though it was a month later for Cooper to enter the Black Lodge, because time doesn't have time yeah. isn't relative to the same place, they can meet at the same time. She can die, and right away there's Cooper waiting for her because the time doesn't work the same. And then in his dream, she says, "What was it? Twenty five years? Yes. I'll see you again in twenty five years. Right? Now, what's up with that? Does that throw a kink in all this? <laughs> Do we? No, I don't." <laughs> I mean, maybe she goes to the White Lodge and and is able to come back. And oh, wait a minute. He's old in that. 
Yes. And now we're going to get season three. And at the end of season two, he gets possessed. So he has been waiting in yes. that lodge. Yes. He has been waiting. Yes. Because his doppelganger is out. Right. And maybe he needs Laura. To, Laura needs to save him now. Maybe. Maybe. That would, be, that would go full circle. And that would explain why I should be in season three. <laughs> but does right. that make sense? It like, does. It I makes think that sense. makes sense. I think, I mean, even if it doesn't go that way, I like thinking about it that way. Yes. Because they help each other. Yes. And why else would he be old? Right. And she is there with him. And he gets all the clues. Mm-hmm. She helps him solve her murder. Yes. He figures it out. Yes. She can go, but now he's there. Right. And maybe she's going to wait for him. Or, or maybe we need, or, or maybe it's the same thing. Maybe there needs to be somebody else that needs to now come for Cooper. Maybe you need, you yeah. need the same An outside thing. source. Outsource, maybe. And I mean, if there's a whole agent thing where an agent gets trapped and an agent gets out and another agent gets in, like, so we had Chet. But Chet never got out. I don't. And, you know, yeah, I Chet don't never got out. But we Jeffries, seen... I don't. We don't know enough about. Yeah, it's either, true. But it's yeah. But, the only thing yeah. else I want to add is that like, so you see this bright light and the angel for mm. Laura, and it does remind me of when Leland uh, Palmer is dying. He sees a, a light and he says how beautiful Laura Palmer is, and it uh, and it's almost like it seems to me like could he be seeing what we're seeing at the end of the of the movie that he sees Laura is happy now she's she's happy uh, and, and she's free and she's you know maybe going to heaven and we see Leland Paul Leland in the final episode in the Black Lodge, but he's not in the waiting room. I feel like he's a doppelganger. I mean, I feel like he's a, I feel like he's an evil. That's the evil version of him. Because, yeah, especially because of his eyes. Yes, his, yes. I because th- that's where I think Leland. That was his doppelganger doing all the killings. That was not him. His good self was trapped hmm. in there, and now. When he died, he died as Leland, not his doppelganger. I right. feel like when he died, that was truly Leland because he was crying. And, yeah, yeah. And then his doppelganger is now trapped in that black lodge. Maybe that's how it works. Who I knows? don't know. It I sounds mean, good. I really want to believe that Leland didn't do those killings. I, I feel like that crying might be like right. his humanity. Nobody wants to believe that, a, that a father would do these horrific because things. Of, because when, when, when Cooper starts killing people or when Cooper is doing bad things... I'm not going to say that's Cooper. No. I, I, right. I'm going to say that's his doppelganger. So yeah. I, I guess it would be hypocritical of me to be like, well. But I, it's hard know. to say, is it the same? I don't even know if it's the same thing. Is one of them a possession and one of them is um, a stand in for Cooper? I don't. It's so hard to tell if they're two separate things or if that's the way it is on both. I, I mean, it's. I, I guess if we go by the doppelganger thing at the end of season one, mm. I say it's season two. Yeah. It's season two, it's doppelganger. Uh, I do like the fact they did play the camera tricks where it would cut to Leland and it would show Bob. And come to find out, you know, we do know because of Laura Palmer's diary and this, she has seen, she was seeing Bob. And she sees Bob for the first time behind her closet Mm. with her diary. And then it's Leland who walks out. Yeah. And she's like, oh no, it's you, it's you. And I'm like, does she not know who she just, like she saw Bob, but is she figuring it out? It's her dad. Yeah, that's and right. And that's why she hides. Yep. And we can see Harold. Harold takes the diary. We we know she has a second diary because mm-hmm. of the diaries. Yes. And then, um, yeah, the imagery. I think you're right. That's like what, what Leland's seeing. Um, but um, 
the other thing was she she when Leland is like you know raping her or mm. whatever she, it's Bob which is really gross yeah but then I think she realizes it's Leland like she didn't know remember in Leland's like I thought you knew the whole time. Yeah, which is creepy on its own. Right. You you have you, the death scene here. We have Laura, and on one side of her, she has, there's Bob, and on the other side is Leland, and yeah. they kind of go back and forth. And right, I always thought you knew it was you me. me, and so it was kind of like I always thought you knew you knew it was your dad that was doing this. But yeah, and then I think that's when she totally lost her innocence mm. when the angel disappeared, and she's just like, "I'm dying tonight." Right. That's it. I'm done. Like, I think she gave up. I think she wanted to go out on a bang, yeah. which she did. But also, it seemed like that, that, like, we should talk about, like, her being killed because it, like, you can tell she was kind of, like, hitting her rock bottom. But at the same time, um, was it Jacques that tied her up? He was getting yes. rough with her. Right. He tied her up. And then I kind of feel like, she didn't like that though. She didn't want to be tied up because then all hell breaks loose after that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like it was just, they, yeah they were just being too rough and she didn't feel comfortable and she wasn't in the mood and maybe she knew that this was not a good night. Like there yeah, was something her gut told her that this Leland's is a bad. Leland's creeping in the corner. Yeah, he was creepy. He's very creepy. Yeah, and this this movie was really. Um, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I liked how it was rough and mm. it was hard to watch, but like it really gave us more lore and mythology to Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. And um, a lot more. It opened up the mystery box big time and it gave us more mysteries. It gave us like more some answers and made more questions. And I think it was cool because of that. And I really had high hopes for season three now. I don't know. That movie makes me feel like. Wow, if they could do that in a movie, they could do that on a weekly basis. Yeah, I, I think you yeah. do, do. I think they'll do a real good job. So we'll I'm pretty excited. Well, we're going to be doing this for uh, for several weeks. We're going to do uh, Firewalk with me. I'm excited parts. to hear what everybody thinks about this, and I probably will try to watch it again prior to talking to everybody. Else yeah, it'll be good next week. This is going to be like what a whole week of uh, a whole month of uh, yeah, almost a, yeah at least three weeks or so. So we'll do yeah. Oh man, Ben, this is exciting. <laughs> do oh, we do we miss anything? There's so much more to cover, but we'll continue. Uh, I, I'm trying to think for you and I to talk. I feel like there's enough there that we can. We I mean, because we'll, we'll we'll hit upon things. We right. if people listen and they're like, oh, you guys didn't talk about this in the upcoming there's weeks. So much stuff. We'll, we'll hit upon it with yeah. other people. I mean, I almost feel like. We should stop ourselves now mm-hmm. because we don't want to repeat ourselves. And I think hearing other opinions, we're going to – other things we brought up. Definitely. I, I like to save it for other shows too. I like that yeah, too. Yeah, I, think we, yeah. I think we got enough. I think we covered a good – good. We, we, we covered the beginning half hour. We covered the middle and we got to the end. So. Yeah. And you know, I have to say though, the Laura stuff is so heavy and good – the, the beginning stuff just kind of falls away. Hmm. I feel like I never saw... Like, when we were in the beginning of the show talking about it, I'm like, why? Well, I'm trying to remember, like, oh, exactly yeah. what happened. It just didn't stick with me, like the Laura stuff did. did because I, I feel like it was more interesting. That's really cool. Didn't it feel like... Um, it felt like the beginning part was like a vignette before you see a movie. Oh, it yeah. was like a cartoon before a movie. <laughs> you know, like, it, like, why was it there? It didn't add anything. 
I tell you, they're all codes that are break that basically help you to understand the movie. Yeah. I didn't get into this. <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll edit this out. But uh, you know, this wow. whole, there's, this, there's this whole there's this whole like bus scene where Chet Chet is actually in Fargo, North D- Dakota, and G- Gordon Cole calls him up, and they're at a, they're arresting people in in a bus at a bus. Yeah, and yeah. it seems to be it seems to be about. Abused innocent. You have these children, these school children there, and it, maybe it's a bus driver is doing a prostitution ring or something. It looks Ooh. like something like that. So you have this whole idea of the innocent being abused. Yeah, and yet that's the okay. story of Laura Palmer. You're gonna get into Laura was an innocent girl that was kind of brought into the seedy underworld world. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see that, right? Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, those characters were so cool. I wanted to see more of them. Right. But they then did, Laura just, kicks in. Right. I'm like, I don't care anymore. But David Lynch just need to make a season three and 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 kind of extend the the whole film into yeah. a, a show. But yeah, I, I'm I'm very looking forward to it. So Brian, that's our show. Uh, Firewalk with me in the can, part one. Part one, yeah. So we'll be doing this for a few more weeks. And, uh, yeah, I think we're going to have uh, friends oh. talk about Firewalk With Me, and yes. we'll, we'll, we'll discuss the missing pieces, and, uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about still. And we can, I can tease next week's show a little bit. I'm going to tease it. Tease it. Next week, we're going to have the John Thorne uh, dream theory. Yes, you finally get to hear about it. I finally get to hear about it, and um, the more I've been thinking about it, if you read his book, you'll get everything. Yeah, you got you picked up his book at the yes. Great Southern, and um, uh, the more I almost agree with that theory. Wow, I really, but I want to watch the movie again. Yeah, and I want to watch the whole show the series again and the movie again, and I don't know, but that theory does work. It, uh, he he's very he owns that theory. You can try to pull holes in it, but he's very good at like. He's been thinking about this a long time. It is a good theory. It is. It is a great theory. It's a cool theory. So you get to hear it next week. Yes. Amongst other finally. people. I think we, I, we've been talking about this for months. We've been talking yes. about having him on the show for months and finally to talk about the theory. Of uh, Firewalk With Me. Yes. And the following week we'll have um, The Missing Pieces. So I'm excited to watch those as well. Cool. All right. So everybody, you can like us on Facebook. We hit over 200 likes on Facebook. Um, which is awesome. So please share with your friends and keep liking us on Facebook. Um, we're also on Twitter. Yes, we're on the Twitter. Ben, you've been taking care of the Twitter. You've been taking care of Facebook. Congratulations yes. on on <laughs> and Reddit. Um, I'm gonna. T- I'm gonna, we're on the Twin Peaks subreddit on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Um, under Twin Peaks Unwrapped, I post the podcast, but I've been trying to be more vigilant about um, being part of the community on there, not just promoting myself. Yes. I felt like I should be part of this, so I've I, been promoting my theories. Yeah, awesome. And I'm trying to do the same thing on Dugpa um, forms there that they yep. have. They have a Twin Peaks section, and we have a, a, a Twin Peaks Unwrapped section where I'm posting things. And I'm I'm going to keep trying to get more uh, involved too at part of the community and stuff. Nice. it's great. I mean, we love the community, and yeah. it's, it's be really exciting to to talk more about theories and what's going on. And yeah, Twin Peaks. and getting other people's opinions about stuff. My first theory, you can check it out. I'm going to try to do one a week. Mm. And that's gonna be hard, but I will do my best. The first one, my the one I'm very passionate about, and it's only it's silliness, and it for some reason it's the only one I, I don't know why I love it, 
is the Star Wars one. Ah. And I posted it, and people have uh, commented it, and I have a good dialogue back and forth. Very cool. So I'd like to... And if we get anything juicy or people get really into something, I would like to like do you bring want to it say, up on the show. You bring up Star Wars. Do you just want to say it has to do with the wipes in the last episode? The wipes yeah. in episode twenty-eight and the um, "I'm your father" scene being right. in between those wipes. Yes, and um, people did notice the Star Wars wipes. They thought it was weird. Like some people yeah, did I, notice. The I Star honestly Wars don't board. remember ever seeing the wipes in in all the Twin Peaks shows. It's, that's it's why never, I find it so odd. Yes, but then with John Thor, oh, you go and read it, read it. Yeah, go and read it, it and read it. You check it out. It's it's silly, it's stupid, but you'll love it because it's just something to talk about. Mm. So yeah, you can the the podcast is out every Wednesday. We've never missed a show. We've done it for a year now, yes. and uh, every Wednesday you can check out uh, us on iTunes and all like the, us and. Give us a comment. Yeah. Give us a five-star review. That would be that'd be great. We'd love that. <laughs> and so I thought we could end the show with a clip of David Lynch from a documentary called The Films of David Lynch. And uh, I think it aired on uh, September 4th, 20, uh, 2000, 2003. Wow. Cool. So, yeah. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, I love the world of Twin Peaks. And uh, Laura Palmer uh, was always uh, uh, the biggest mystery. And uh, here was an opportunity to uh, go bit by bit in the last seven days of her life. And one thing led to another, and this, a script emerged you know, from that. So uh, Firewalk with me wasn't well received by most of the Twin Peaks fans because it didn't have, they said, the same humor or, you know, lightheartedness uh, as the series. And um, I can understand that, but it was Laura Palmer's life, and um, that wasn't a pleasant life, um, a lot of it.